I'm bad sports fans. It's time for the return of Strong Style. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. This is Impact Media's weekly run down the ramp into the world of professional wrestling and mixed martial arts. This is the uh, the the return, as we said. We've been gone for a little bit. Uh, we promise you, we've been keeping up with everything. We are going to talk uh, a lot about some uh, some fighting and uh, a good bit about some uh, pro wrestling. There's been a ton going on here recently. I want to tell you about our experiences as we still have one more left to go this summer so far, and we will get into that shortly. But first, I want to tell you all the fun ways that you can be a part of this show because you can. It's an interactive show. You can email the show freeendzone at gmail.com. That is the Blanket Impact Media email. That is the number three, E-N-D-Z-O-N-E at gmail.com. And yes, I answer all uh, appropriate emails. If yours you know, doesn't require a response, then, uh, then I may not respond to it. But uh, you can do so by emailing us. You can search for us on Facebook by searching Impact Media or Strong Style. Either of those should be able to find us. If you are a person who likes to just click a link and listen to a show, you can go to our Twitter account, at Team Impact Media, and uh, click on the appropriate show you want to listen to. We'll have all of our shows listed on there. We are working on a website as we speak. And also, uh, there's no cap on that. You can also follow myself at The Impact 99 on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram for show-related things, like if we go to shows, or if we uh, are promoting certain events, or just something cool we think you want, um, I think you want to see, or non-show-related things. So, like, for instance, I went to the Rugby ATL Golf Tournament yesterday. That is a part of one of our other shows, but... If you want to check out some of my experience, some of my things there, you go to at the Impact 99. Um, uh, we should have some pictures posted up about that soon. But also, you want to follow me because tomorrow night will be week three in Atlanta, PFL six overall this year. The last regular season battle, the PFL will be there at Atlantic Station at the OTE Arena. We will be there. We hope to see you guys there. Got to see some of you guys at the last show. Fantastic to meet you guys. Uh, but those are the ways you can be a part of the show, as well as you can find us anywhere you find a podcast, including Spotify, the iTunes Store, and Podcast One. If there's a place you regularly find a podcast that you cannot find Strong Style, please let me know. I will fix that shortly. As I said, there is a ton to get into, and without further ado, let's... Let's get right into PFL 4. We're going to talk 4 and 5. We will preview 6. Because of our little break, we haven't talked about PFL 5 yet, so we will do that right now. PFL 4 and 5. PFL 4 was the featherweights and the light heavyweights in the PFL. It was capped off by... You know, it's hard to say upset. It could be because Brendan Lochnane was the 
champion last year, the featherweight champion, uh, but he gets KO'd in the first round, a minute 34 in, by Jesus Pinedo. But in the post-fight press conference, when you listen to Jesus, he didn't think it was much of an upset. He considered them very even, and uh, with all respect to Brendan, he knew that he could beat him, and he plans on winning the entire tournament. Well, we will get into that in a minute where he ranks. But Jesus Pinedo with the great TKO win over Brendan Lochnane. Uh, like I said, we'll get into some standing and stuff here later. In one that did not surprise us much that much, as good as Tyler Diamond is, uh, Mavlid Kybrilev, uh submitted him in round number two towards the uh, end of the fight. And uh, Mavlid was a, um, he was a fun interview in the, uh, the post-match presser. Um, I asked him what his hobbies were, basically, and, and I'll eventually post some of these videos up. I think we're, we're editing some that took a few liberties with some words that will get us kicked off of social media platforms. So we're working on those. But, hey, I don't, they're allowed to say whatever they want to say down there. But uh, Mavlid, through a translator, said that he likes to hunt and fish. I said, well, you're in the right part of this country. It's very popular down here in the south, southeast area. What do you like to hunt? Without missing a beat, he said, predators. Ouch. Wow. Yeah, he scares me. I wasn't the only one. That oof. thing you want to hunt is predators, things that try to take you out, animals that try to take him out. So the... Over there in Russia, look out if you are a uh, if you're a predator out in the wild because Mavlid Kabilev is looking for you. Uh, in the this that was a co-main event in the uh, I'm going top down. I'm just going to talk about the main card for you guys new to the show. Uh, fight number three, Martin Hamlet gets a unanimous decision over Sam Kai. Martin said, uh, "Hey, Kai gave it to him. He tried to end the fight many times." And uh, Sam Kai was just not going to let him be finished. So uh, he ends up with a unanimous decision win there. It was a pretty good fight. Sam had some good strikes, but Hamlet was just controlling the action and uh, got the much-deserved win. Fight number four, we got to see Bubba Jenkins over Joe Sungbing. Submission win for Bubba Jenkins. Uh, it looked like he wanted to take him out on the feet, but when Joe hit the ground... Uh, Bubba pounced on him, used that wrestling as he is known for. I mean, Bubba Jenkins might be one of the best pound-for-pound -pound wrestlers in the game. Uh, once he was able to secure him down, he said, uh, I wanted to finish him with strikes, but uh, he, he gave him that submission, so he took it. Bubba Jenkins gets the round one uh, finish. That is worth six points in the PFL, for people who do not know. If you get a finish in round one for the PFL, you get six points. You get five if you finish them in the second. If you finish them in the third, you get uh, four points, and you get three for a uh, decision win. You can get points deducted for missing weight or other things like that. And uh, you can't really get any bonuses other than finishing early. Top four advance to the bracket. You win two fights. You win a cool world title belt and... A million dollars pretty cool format and then finally 
there is one extra fight I'm going to talk about after this one. But as far as the main card went, Josh Silvera took on Delon Monty. Silvera gets the TKO finish one minute and 30 seconds into round number one. And he earned it. I'm not, I'm not going to say he didn't. I don't want to take away from that. But it's because Delon Monty's knee exploded. They were scrambling. They were grappling. They were wrestling a little bit. And when Josh spun, all their, their weight kind of went in a direction. And Delon Monty's knee did not. He, uh, we, we could hear him uh, down the media room, which is uh, a floor down from where the action is. And uh, uh, I wish Delon Monty the best. I really do. In a, in a speedy and pain-free recovery. Uh, he's super cool. He's super intense, but he, he was super cool last year when we got a chance to talk to him. Uh, I really would like to see these two line it back up and fight somewhere down the road. It'll more than likely be next year now. But uh, DeLon, go get healthy and uh, look forward to uh, seeing you soon. But, hey, Josh Silvera, you put yourself in a situation to win. Uh, he was the pick coming in. It's not like uh, this was, you know, a, a one seed and a 16 seed. Now, they, they're pretty similar. But uh, Silvera gets the win. He was very gracious. Uh, we talked about his family, among some other things. And uh, Silvera, man, he's he is going to be one of the light heavyweight tournament to to look at for sure. Um, and then lastly, I want to talk about Gabriel Braga gets the TKO win over Marlon Moraes uh, about three minutes into the fight. Uh, congratulations, Gabriel Braga! But after this match, Marlon Moraes took the gloves off. Fought back some some uh, well-earned tears, and uh, officially retired from MMA. And we put in a request through our contacts to say, "Hey, Marlon, if you want to come down to the press room, um, if you would like to answer some of our questions, great. If you don't want to answer any questions, that's fine too. If you just want a platform to say whatever you want to say with many cameras on you, then feel free to come down." We never know. Most of the time, uh, we only talk to the winners of the fights where that's who we're contractually bound to talk to. Uh, but in this case, I'd say about a half hour after we put in that request, here walks in Marlon Marais. And he's got um, one kid on one hand and one on the other. And he's leading them in. And uh, I will absolutely absolutely make sure that it, that video is posted very soon um, he was more than gracious with his time we absolutely appreciated him doing that and he's just so classy he's just so classy he is a legend um, just it's it's gonna be a different it's just a different era when people like Marlon Marais and Cowboy Cerrone and uh, and some of these other guys that have retired recently are just not going to be there anymore. Marlon Marais, the, like he said, like we said to him, there was never a boring Marlon Marais fight. Win, lose, or draw, the 37 contests he was a part of, he was 23-13-1. Every one of them were a must-see, a must-watch. So I uh, wish Marlon the best. It was so fun to get to talk to him, and we're so appreciative of that. And... Uh, Marlon, we look forward to seeing uh, Coach Marlon here soon on a soccer pitch near you. 
Uh, he said that is that is what his future is looking a lot like. He motioned towards his his uh, his boys and said, uh, you know, they love to play soccer, so I'm probably going to be on the sideline there. And uh, I think that's absolutely spectacular. Um, just go over the winners real quick and the other ones. Ty Flores with unanimous decision win over Dan Spawn. Chris Wade had an impressive submission over Ryu Jakuto. Uh, Chris Wade, man, he is he is a passionate human being. He is uh, I enjoy talking to him. Uh, Impa Kasagane gets the submission win over Tim Karen. Andrew Sanchez got the win over Taylor Johnson by a split decision. Uh, Abigail Montez gets the TKO over Brandy Hester. Uh, fun story about that. Or after that, so Abigail Montez comes down to the press room. And we're about to start the press conference, and uh, she kind of somewhat gives us some clues, and, and we kind of infer about it a little bit. Um, Abby Montez has been working on her English, but it is not at a comfortable level for her. So uh, in steps what we think is a friend of Abby Montez, who is going to uh, translate. And uh, this person steps in, this, this, uh, this lovely lady steps in, and uh, does a really good job. And uh, afterwards, Abby leaves to, to go back to the fighter room and places like that. And uh, this person sticks around. We're like, okay, cool, man, they're going to... And, she's, and she even says, she goes, hey, what's the rest of the card looking like again? And we show her what the card looks like. And she goes, okay, well, maybe the main event, maybe you might need a translator. Okay, well, I'll stick around. Uh, you know, I'll see if I'm available then. Okay. And she goes, yeah, I was supposed to have a seat upstairs, but they're trying to iron this out. And this is no knock on the PFL. This, this I think, had more to do with the arena. Just trying to sort everything out. I said, oh, yeah. He goes, yeah, I was supposed to be up there near my husband. Okay. But uh, but he stuck. He stayed up there, and I and I came down here. Okay, so now I'm putting together that she's not the official translator for Abby. Um, but she just happened to be somebody down there who who did that. I'm okay. And I just the more we keep talking to this this uh, this amazing woman, this lady, I just it's like man, she looks familiar, and I can't place her. And this is kind of crazy. So I ask uh, Eric from Liga Combat. If you're not following Liga Combat on uh, Instagram, by the way, you absolutely should. He is fantastic with his uh, MMA coverage. So I say, hey, I know I'm going to feel dumb about this, but I should know her, right? And he says, yeah, you should. And he starts giving me clues. He goes, yeah, her husband works in the building. Okay. There's a lot of people that are working in the building. He goes, yeah. I said, uh, is she a... Uh, is she a fighter, too? I'm starting to put this together in my head. Yeah, yeah, she is. I said, did she just recently have a fight? He said, yeah, she did. As I'm starting to really piece this together, I said, uh, is her husband on camera upstairs? And he said, yeah, yep. I think you're starting to figure it out. Uh, turns out our guest commentator was a recent UFC fighter, Veronica Hardy. Yep, and it's Dan Hardy's wife is down there hanging out with us. The crazy things that happen in a media room. 
It was so crazy. In fact, she was back again this past week, uh, just hanging out again. She said she had a good time hanging out with us, and we have a better food spread than uh, some of the other places, so she come to hang out again. So uh, we definitely appreciate it, and, uh, and uh, Veronica, if we run into you again this week, uh, just thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us. And uh, I even mentioned to Dan, I, you guys saw that I met Dan Hardy uh, last week. Hopefully you did. If you're not, follow at the Impact 99. I posted a bunch of photos. And, uh, you know, if not, I told Dan even that uh, she's been hanging out with us. She's been super cool, and we definitely appreciated it. So uh, shout out to Veronica. And uh, we hope to see you again this week. Um, and then uh, also... Uh, Alexi Pergrande got the submission win over Akeem Bashir. Uh, Brandy Hester, by the way, and Akeem Bashir, uh, who were in the opening fights, are from uh, the ATL. They train here in Atlanta. They needed some local competitors, and they were able to uh, find them for the uh, early prelims like that. And so appreciate Akeem and Brandy. I will get into another one of those local guys here in a minute on the next card. But uh, Alexi, man, Alex Pergrande. This kid is 22 years old, and he talks like he's 32. He told us things like, yeah, I feel good. You know, things were going well. I, I was able to find that submission, and uh, I feel really good. I actually wanted to stay more on the feet, but, you know, when you're presented an opportunity and you think you can do something with it, coaches were saying go for it, so he did. But he says, uh, unless his coaches say otherwise, he's just looking at taking a few more fights here and there. Like he says he's seven, eight, nine fights away from wanting to get in the uh, PFL tournament, featherweight tournament. He says he wants to take it slow. He wants to make sure he's ready. But if his coaches feel that he's ready before then, then he is all for it. Once again, this kid is 22. And he has so much more of a plan. I'll post that up just as soon as I can. But uh, what an opening week. Absolutely great opening week. We're going to last week. Now, I'm going to do the opposite. I am actually going to start with, I believe, the main event of the prelims. And then I'm going to go up to the to the main event. Because one of the biggest things that happened all night, I say one of, those a lot, had to do with the main event. And when we get there, you guys will figure it out. Uh, but I do want to start do want to start with Marina Maknakina. I believe I'm saying that correctly. I hope so. If not Marina, I apologize. Uh, she gets a unanimous decision win over Evelyn uh, Martins. And here's the best part here. The things that happen in the media, around the media that you just didn't expect, but that are just bonuses. And this is not first world problems, guys. This is, uh, so Marina comes down, and uh, one of her cornermen says, uh, you, you, you need, need me to translate. We're like, yeah, sure. And we get looking at this guy. And we're like, man, he looks familiar too. And his English is really good. And, uh, I mean, he's a big guy. Turns out him and Marina are uh, together. We learned that in the very end. Um, and uh, about the time he is going to walk away, it dawns on all of us who we are looking at. We are looking at UFC heavyweight contender 
Sergei Spivak. Sergei Spivak is translating for Marina Maknakina. This is crazy. I cannot make this up. Later on, he made sure to say hello to somebody at ringside during the main event that I will mention in a minute. But so we've already met. We've already met uh, Veronica Hardy. We've already met Sergey Spivak. And we're not even to the big fights yet. Which Marina put on a show. She she had it. Great fight for her. Uh, but we get into the main card. Dennis Goldsov. He reminds us all he get paid by the fight, not by the minute. He took Jorgen DeCastro and sent him into orbit, into dreamland. Mr. Sandman, please play a song for Jorgen DeCastro. 18 seconds into the fight, he is staring up at the lights, counting sheep. And Jorgen DeCastro is not a small gentleman. It's not a, it's not a bad fighter either. Dennis Goldsov just completely drops the hammer. And uh, he was fun too. But uh, that knockout was incredible. We go to the women's featherweight. Next fight up was Aspen Ladd who gets a submission win over Carolina Sobek. She got it with three seconds to go in round number two. And Aspen Ladd is fun to talk to. I know I say that about a lot of people. She was fun. And it's not, oh, well, she was in the UFC for so long. So she knows how to talk. No, that had nothing to do with it. No, she had she had uh, she had her strategy and she had the things she was going to talk about and she was she was open to anything we were asking her. Which uh, sometimes you can get random questions. Uh, sometimes I'm guilty of that and sometimes people are not. But uh, Aspen was just incredible. She was very humble, very laid back. She says, "No, I'm here to win." I plan on winning, and if that means uh, it's submission or, you know, dropping the hammer on people early on, then that's what's going to happen. But uh, shout out to Aspen Ladd for her time and uh, for that incredible submission. We'll go up next to Hanan Ferreira versus his fellow countryman, Matias Scheifel. Hanan Ferreira, 50 seconds into the fight, has Matias Scheffel up against the cage, TKO win. Look, here's something. I, I kind of asked him a, a question about this, tried to do it in, a, in, in the, the nicest way because it is not a shot whatsoever. Um, part of them, Hanan Ferreira is like 6, can I get it on here? He's like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, just a massive massive human being I guess I can't get it on this thing I'm looking at but uh, part of the PFL signing him years ago where they were hoping he would blossom into you know a beanstalk basically like everybody's got to come to his level him, him be the big star coming out of the heavyweight division and he's had some good wins had a couple disappointing moments but they were hoping he would bloom into that star Hey, how about knocking out Matias Scheifel, who was the runner-up last year? Knocked him out in 50 seconds. Just completely has him out of it. Uh, and like I said, I asked him about that. I'll let you guys watch the video later and, and determine uh, if you like his answer or not. But uh, Hedon Ferreira was outstanding last week. Uh, Larissa Pacheco gets the TKO win over Amber Librock. 
Amber still made the the tournament, but uh, Larissa Pacheco, 45 seconds into it, she just uh, punches in bunches, and uh, she she's the number one seed. Um, she will she will get a rematch with Elena Kolesnik, who got a win earlier in the night. Elena's gonna have to bring everything she got, everything she has, because Larissa seems like she might be the back-to-back -back champion. And then we get to the main event where Anti Delea gets the unanimous decision win over Maurice Green, that eliminated both of them from contention because Delea had an injury where he missed his first fight earlier in the year, and the same injury popped up, and he actually heard his knee pop early in the first round and uh, fought through it the rest of the time and Mo Green could not do uh, enough about it. Uh, it was probably a 50, it was probably a 60-40 uh, ante to uh, Maurice in, in uh, the fight. Uh, Maurice didn't really like the decision, but, uh, you know, most of the time when you lose the decision, you don't, and that's fine. Uh, but the biggest thing that happened was Maurice Green has his friend John Jones who corners him. That wouldn't be that big a deal except for that that's John Jones, the reigning, defending, undisputed heavyweight champion of the UFC. And newest PFL edition. We know all about his accolades. We've talked about him before. Newest accolades, you know, newest edition. And former reigning, defending, undisputed UFC heavyweight champion. He was stripped of the belt because he left the company. Francis Ngannou is sitting ringside. They are sitting across from each other, basically. John Jones is on one side of the cage. Francis is on the other. They're making eye contact. They've made a few gestures. They weren't, you know, they weren't flicking each other off or nothing. No, they were gestures. They were, I see you. you know, I see you over there. Uh, and so they square off at the very end before John walks out. This all happens within five feet of where I'm standing because uh, I was caged side for the main event. Uh, just what a moment to have this. Um, thanks to the PFL for allowing uh, us to be down there for that moment. That, uh, that was an incredible moment, having John Jones and Francis go back and forth. Uh, they weren't really arguing and they weren't really, they weren't really, they were mostly talking and saying, you know, We'd love to get this done, but hey, you're under contract there, and I'm under contract here, and unless we can make some sort of bridge between the two, man, it's just not going to happen. So, uh, they shook hands multiple times and uh, went their own way, and maybe somewhere down the road we see that fight, but it won't be anytime soon. But other than that, I will do like I did before and uh, tell you the other winners, Marcelo Nunez got the TKO win over Danilo Marquez. Julia Budd, another fun one to talk to. Uh, got a unanimous, a close unanimous decision win over Martina Zindrova. It's not in personal to Julia. Uh, I thought Martina won that fight, but I was not one of the judges. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. It's, it was a really close fight. It was uh, volume over effectiveness, it seemed like, was uh, where the judges were on that. And, uh, hey, Julia wins. It is what it is. Olena Kolesnik gets unanimous decision win over Yoko Hugasi. Good fight. Uh, Olena's footwork has uh, improved vastly since last year. It wasn't bad last year, but she's put in a lot of work. And it's paying off. 
Uh, Jordan Heiderman gets the TKO win over Patrick Brady, 226 in the round number one. And uh, Isaiah Pinson from South Carolina. He, he trains out of Vegas. We learned that, though. He is, he is uh, a fan of the real USC. Actually went to Citadel as well. Uh, he had the split decision win over Denzel Freeman, who is a local product, and he was handed his first loss of his career. But, hey, that was a good opening fight between them. Very good opening fight, and uh, Pinson was uh, a lot of fun to talk to. Not to be outdone, let's talk about tomorrow night. PFL 6, the welterweights and the light heavyweights. It is headlined by reigning defending undisputed lightweight champ from last season, Olivier Aubin Mercier, who is going to take on fellow countrymen. They're both from Canada. Anthony Romero. Uh, Sadabu Sai is uh, going to take on Shane Mitchell. Sadabu is the reigning defending undisputed welterweight champion from last year. And Sadabu's so cool. He's, he's just a big gentle giant. Unless you're across the cage from him. And then uh, look out. Uh, matchup number three. Shane Burgos is going to take on fellow lightweight Yamoto Nishikawa. They have very similar record. Yamada has a uh, Yamato has a couple um, extra wins, but uh, Burgos looking to put on a show. A couple of those UFC people that have signed over recently have not had the best showing, so they're looking to uh, to prove that the move was uh, an up move for them. In one that everybody should be looking forward to, Magomed Magomed Karamov is uh, back, and he will take on David Zawada. Magomed Umalatov is going to take on Naib Lopez. Uh, Umalatov has uh, a 13-0-0 record. Magomed Karamov is 31-6-0. They are both very bad dudes, but Zawada and Lopez mm, could could steal this because Naib Lopez is 16-0. I guess Magomed Umalatov 13-0. Somebody's getting their first loss. Uh, Clay Collard, Cassius Clay Collard, is taking on Stevie Ray. That's the fight I am most looking forward to. Clay Collard uh, has not had a good run of things in the PFL as of late, and is looking to rebound and show everybody that he's still he's still that Clay Collard. And Stevie Ray, with uh, one of the biggest wins of last year's regular season. Uh, he had travel issues even getting over here. It was just the craziest thing. I mean, he's got personal things going on and all, uh, and he's just a, a class guy. Uh, unfortunately, one of these guys have to lose, but fortunately for us, I think that is going to be the first matchup on the ESPN card. All the matchups I just said are on ESPN and ESPN Plus, and everything else is on ESPN Plus, it looks like, yeah. But uh, Clay Collard versus Stevie Ray might steal the show. Might be the best fight on the entire card. I'll say it right here. Uh, Carlos Leal is taking on Delano Taylor, who stepped in to, as an alternate last year and uh, ended up in the final. He's a good fighter. Uh, Natan Schulte is taking on Roush Manfio. Brazil versus Brazil crime right there. Alexander Martinez is going to take on Bruno Miranda. Martinez had a big win last year. Was it was it Collard that he beat? Might have been Collard that he beat um, to uh, 
knocked Clay out, and uh, he snuck himself in. Jara Al Salawi is taking on Solomon Renfro in the welterweight division. That'll be fun. If you don't know about Jara, he's a, he's a pretty pretty solid fighter. He's fun to watch. Uh, Brian Zercher is taking on Mike Bardsley in the featherweight division. I'll be honest, I don't know anything about these guys outside of what the, the press releases say. So 5-0 versus 3-0. Looking forward to it. This should be fun. And then Abdullah Al-Qatani is taking on Lamar Brown, 5-1 versus 4-1 in the lightweight division. These could also be local people. That may be why I don't know them. But uh, that card is uh, completely stacked. I look forward to the uh, amazing card tomorrow night. And um, other than that, let's jump into some UFC. This is going to be a super long show. I uh, want to go back to UFC Fight Night, Vittori versus Cannoneer. I'm only going to go over a couple of these. But um, Jared Cannoneer absolutely outfought Marvin Vittori. Uh, it seemed like Cannoneer had a strategy and then pivoted and made his strategy even better. And it seemed like Marvin Vittori had a strategy and either didn't implement it or never adjusted to something different. He kept just trying the same thing over and over again, and, and uh, Cannoneer was just letting him do it, just letting him play into what he wanted to do. Cannoneer gets unanimous decision win, and uh, Marvin Vittori will regroup. Uh, they're both really good fighters. Looks like Jared is going to head up to bigger and better things, though, and Vittori is going to need a fight to do so. Armand Sarukian gets the TKO win in round number three over Joaquin Silva. Sarukian, man, he's a bad, bad man. Speaking of which, his fellow countryman, Armand Petrosian, gets the unanimous decision win over Christian LaCroix Duncan. That was a good fight. Pat Sabatini gets the submission win over Lucas Almeida. All of this was on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. Uh, fantastic card, by the way. Manuel, uh, yeah, Manuel Torres gets the TKO win in round number one, just a minute 50 into it over Nicholas Mata. It was over. It was over quick. It wasn't, it wasn't a, well, we should check him. Nope. He was out. Uh, Nicholas Dalby gets the big unanimous decision win over Muslim Solikov. That would surprise me. I thought Solikov was, was, um, I thought Dalby won the fight, but I thought Solikov had some chances to end the fight earlier and uh, just didn't capitalize on him. But, I mean, Dalby's a tough cat. Um, Alessandro Costa gets the TKO win over Jimmy Flick. Kyung Ho Kang gets the submission win over Christian uh, Cononas. Carlos Hernandez, unanimous decision win over Denis Bondar. Teresa Teresa Bleda gets the win, unanimous decision win over Gabriela Fernandez. Uh, Dan Argueta and Ronnie Lawrence uh, ends up in a no contest. There was uh, an inadvertent clash of heads, and uh, I think uh, there was some vision issues for one of them. And uh, they, they just end up calling it a no contest, which is unfortunate. Come all that way, put in all that work, but, uh, you know, injuries happen. And uh, Modestas Bukaskas gets unanimous decision win over Zach Palga. That sets up the big fight this week. You've got UFC Fight Night. In fact, a lot of this is going to be on ABC, I believe. Josh Emmett versus Ilya Tapuria in the featherweight division. 
Um, Ilya Tapuria is not only 13-0 and and a heavy favorite. Normally when I don't pick Josh Emmett, it comes back to bite me. I will let it bite me at that point because I think Ilya Tapuria is the next big guy up in the featherweight division. And uh, if Josh Emmett wants to prove me wrong, well, he's made a pretty good year and a half of doing it. So why not keep doing it, Josh? Uh, but I think Ilya Tapuria is just going to... He's going to let Josh Emmett tire himself out a little bit, and then and then uh, once he expands a lot of that energy, I think he's, he's just going to pounce and uh, take the victory. Um, in the co-main event, Amanda Rivas, a slight minus 200 favorite, against Macy Barber. This is gonna be a, that's going to be an exceptional fight. Just an exceptional, exceptional fight. Um, Rivas is the... Is the favorite, as I said, uh, plus 170 for Macy Barber. I think Macy Barber is going to take this one. I Probably decision, these two are going to slug it out. But unless Amanda can get some sort of submission, some kind of hold to uh, control Macy, I just I feel like this stays on the feet. It's just going to be 50-50, let's trade hammers. Um... Matchup number three, Austin Lane and Justin Taffa, two big heavyweights in that one. Um, give me Justin Taffa, who is a minus 175 favorite, plus 150 for Austin Lane. Uh, just give me Taffa. I'm not real familiar with either one, but um, I just I, the, the little bit I've seen of Taffa, I think he'll be able to best Austin Lane. David Onama against fellow featherweight Gabriel Santos I think Santos is the favorite and uh, he is probably going to take this one as well although don't sleep on Onama never know we've seen a lot of crazier things happen in the last couple weeks uh, and then also on the ABC card Brendan Allen at minus 190 is taking on Bruno Silva at plus 160 give me the favorite Brendan Allen to win the middleweight contest um I think that was going to be really good. It's probably going to go to decision. It's going to be a really fun matchup. Then we get to the ESPN side of things. Now, for some reason, Austin Lane and Justin Taffa is going to be on ESPN. So it looks like ABC is getting four fights. Uh, Neil Magny versus Phil Rowe. Give me Neil Magny in that one. He's a slight favorite. Uh, that one should be fun. A lot of striking. Uh, Randy Brown is a slight favorite at minus 230 over Wellington Terman. Um, normally I'd pick Randy Brown, but I don't know. I just like the name Wellington. So I'm going to go Wellington Turman. I've picked for weirder reasons, so let's do that. Matthias Rebecki, a minus 155 favorite. Uh, Loic Radzibov is a plus 130. Give me Rebecki to uh, go to 18-1. and one. And uh, Loic will be handed his fifth loss. He'll be 17-5-1 at that point. Tabitha Rishi and minus 135 against Julian Robertson plus 115. Julian, I have learned my lesson. I feel bad for Tabitha, but I keep betting against Julian, and it just comes back to haunt me. Uh, no hauntings tonight. I am taking Julian Robertson to uh, spread that Canadian love. Zalgas Zumagulov at minus 200 against Joshua Van. Want to slow that down so I can say it right. Zuma Gulov, I will take him to beat Joshua Van. Uh, Van has a has a pretty solid track record. He's only seven to one. 
But uh, Zalgas Zumagulov, I think, is uh, on the rise right now and on a heck of a run. Undefeated Trevor Peak is taking on 13 and 6 Chepe Marsikal or Mariskal. That is minus 110 both ways. I will take Trevor Peak because he's undefeated. I, no real reason other than that. What fights are there? Okay. Jamal Emmers minus 210 against Jack Jenkins plus 175. Give me. I feel like Emmers has the advantage, but give me Jack Jenkins. Why not? Give me the Australian. Let's see what he can do. Tatsuro Tara at minus 260 is taking on Kletzen Rodriguez. Plus 210. Give me Tatsuro, who is going to go to 14-0 and and keep that super clean record in the flyweight division and maybe start to get numbers involved with his name. And then lastly, this is going to be on ESPN. Maybe they're going to swap this with or they'll show this um, as part of the fifth matchup. Cody Brundage at minus 180 is going to take on Cedriques Dumas, who's a plus 155. Uh, Brundage is a really, really good fighter, but give me Cedriques Dumas in that particular fight. Now, let's get into Bellator real quickly. This is going to be like a super long show. Sorry about it, everybody, but it's just going to be a super long show. Um, in fact, maybe we split it into two shows. Maybe we do that. We'll see. We'll see what happens here. Uh, Varim Nemkov took on Yoel Romero for the light heavyweight world title in Bellator MMA. This thing goes all the way to a decision where Varim Nemkov, who won at least three of the rounds, Yoel did, did a really good job of staying in it, but uh, Varim Nemkov... Uh, is that dude in, in the Bellator light heavyweight division. He gets the win and uh, improves to 17-2-0, I believe. And I don't know who's going to beat Nimkov. Uh, Sergio Pettis. Took on Patricio Pitbull for the bantamweight world title. And Sergio Pettis wins this one by decision. He's your bantamweight world champion. Uh, Patricio did everything he could. He just had no real answers for what Sergio was, was throwing at him. And Sergio had counters for a lot of what Patricio tried to do. Uh, I still stand by the fact that Bellator would not be what it is without the early groundwork that the Pitbull brothers put in. And uh, I hope to see them continue to fight for the next coming years. Corey Anderson wins by decision over Phil Davis. That's exactly how it's 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 a pick that I nailed, and I'm I really like that. But uh, Corey Anderson uh, extends his light heavyweight record to 17-6 and 0. Phil Davis still a, a solid solid fighter, but you know, light heavyweight. Maybe Corey Anderson is that next guy up for Demkov. It's always that possibility. And then finally, Daniel James took on Gokhan Sarakam. Sarakam gets the decision 
win in that one. He improves to 9-1-0 and oh in the heavyweight division. Anytime two heavyweights go three full rounds, that is incredible. I really thought that would be a knockout. But uh, next was the next next Bellator event is Sunday, July 30th. That will be the Bellator versus Ryzen second event that they have put on. All right, it's going to be headlined by fellow Pitbull brother Patricky Pitbull. As part of the lightweight World Grand Prix, he's going to take on A.J. McKee, former champ. Uh, that might be fight of the year. It really it might be. Uh, and we will talk more about the Bellator versus Ryzen event. Um, it says Saturday, July 29th, actually. But uh, maybe because it's in Japan, then it'll actually be the 30th when it happens. Either way. We'll talk more about that as it comes up, but let's just make it one big show. Let's jump into the world of professional wrestling, and of course that means that we are going to start with Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw, I'm just going to mainly talk about the big things that happen on these shows and kind of where I think they could go with this. Rhea Ripley is is the bona fide star on Raw. There's a couple others in the in the women's division, but you got her on one side. You've got Charlotte and Ashka on the other. Uh, it it just really will help deepen the women's division in WWE, which is already pretty loaded. Um. I don't know what they're going to do with Cody here soon. It seems like he's still trying to get that matchup with with Brock Lesnar. They have Money in the Bank coming up next weekend, so we'll talk about it next week, obviously. But uh, they had him versus The Miz. That was kind of a good tune-up because The Miz is a great mechanic. For people who are unaware, a mechanic is somebody who is really easy to be in the ring with, really comfortable. He can work with almost anybody and or she, and they can... Uh, make make the other person look really well while also looking well herself. And The Miz is one of the best mechanics currently in WWE. Cody's a pretty good one, too. Um, well, speaking of depth in the women's division, you know, Becky Lynch is definitely one of those people that deepens that. Rhea and, and Becky could be a really good match somewhere down the road. Uh, for now, they've got Lynch doing some other stuff. So, you know, we'll get into that. But speaking of Rhea Ripley... They got to do something with Dominic as part of the Judgment Day because Finn Balor can stand on his own. Damian Priest can stand on his own. They're both heavyweight contenders. And Dom, they're trying to do a slow burn on him. And uh, if you wanted him hated, oh, man, he gets booed out of the building every time he comes up. So um, other than that, uh, I want to see what the Judgment Day does. I feel like they are the power faction. We know the problems with the bloodline. We'll get into those on SmackDown. But it uh, looks like Lynch and, and Zoe Stark will get into something. We'll see what happens there. Um, they've got some other little small things going. Finn Balor and Seth getting into it is, is always a good thing because they, all the way back to the first Universal Championship, Finn beat Seth for it and then got so hurt during the match that he had to give up the title the next day on Raw. 
and uh, it's kind of been the Seth Rollins show ever since. Kind of interesting because if Finn would have stayed champion, would they have had a, a better run? Don't know. Uh, you got your tag champions of um, Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey. It looks like they're wanting to marry the titles of NXT and WWE, the women's titles, because they're going to take on KC Squared. That's what I call them. Um, we will uh, we'll get into that more as they get into it. I, I feel bad because KC Squared are probably going to lose their NXT titles and I guess that means whoever the women's tag title champions are are going to have to go to all three brands to defend them. Although there's not many women's tag teams in, in NXT at the moment. Uh, it's unfortunate that the Iron Sheik passed last week. I don't think people will ever know the full extent of, uh, of his mark on the wrestling world. Uh, accomplished military and, uh, and uh, Matt wrestler uh, did so much for uh, professional wrestling um, was part of some of the best and biggest torch passing early in the uh, the 80s 70s and 80s and uh, it's it's definitely going to be a different place without the Iron Sheik uh, kudos to Gable Chad Gable who continues to yeah, his days are numbered because as soon as Gable Stevenson makes his debut, there's no reason for another guy named Gable, even though Chad Gable has more than earned his place. But uh, Gable doing some good stuff. He's got Otis and Maxine all on board now. We'll see what they do with that. But, hey, good for you, Chad Gable. You are all over the place. You were with the Impractical Jokers I saw earlier today. So uh, uh, keep doing your thing, man. And there's some weird feud they're doing between Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the tag belts. And it was probably supposed to be Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vici. But uh, Giovanni got hurt, so now Gunther and Kaiser have uh, kind of had some matches with KO and Zayn. And they've been really good matches, but in no way is are they going to give two titles to Gunther right now. And Gunther, like I said, should be World Heavyweight Champion by the end of the year, if not Royal Rumble-ish area. It, it would not surprise me if he ha if he hasn't gotten into the picture yet that he wins the Royal Rumble. It just He's too good for them to not have him up in the top. And they're probably losing uh, Drew McIntyre, for people who don't know. He's probably going to leave the company soon. Uh, no ill will. He's just going to go somewhere else. Um, everybody immediately thinks AEW, but I could see him going to New Japan uh, maybe doing a dual thing with New Japan and um, uh, Impact Wrestling, which is where he kind of went and really propelled himself to a star. I can see him going back there. We'll just see what he ends up doing. Uh, we go to SmackDown, where Pretty Deadly won a tag team gauntlet match to uh, be the number one contenders against KO and Zayn. That'll be fun. Pretty Deadly is a really good team. Uh, if you look past their shenanigans they're actually really really solid um Grayson Waller had on Charlotte Flair on the Waller effect I think they don't know what to do with Grayson Waller yet he's too big to be in NXT he's too prepared too too polished 
So they had to move him. So they moved him to SmackDown, which is a good place and a good home. He can do the, the Waller effect, but there's nowhere to insert him yet into a feud. So outside of some squash matches, I think this actually works better. But uh, he has on Charlotte. Bianca Belair comes down. They get into it. Imagine that. Um, Cross and AJ. Kill, uh, not Killer Cross. I can't call him that anymore. But um, Karrion Cross and AJ getting into it was a. Uh, that's going to be a really, really good feud. And uh, people will finally. AJ will help showcase Karrion Cross as the monster that he could be. And maybe once they do the stuff with the bloodline we're going to get into in just a short minute, that he will start to be the master heel on, or one of the master heels on SmackDown. Uh, not to be outdone, LA Knight jobs out to Escobar. Those two, man, you could fill up. You could fill up Disneyland with the amount of actual talent between L.A. Knight and uh, and uh, Escobar, and all the stuff they did before they got here. Um, looks like Escobar's on a little bit of a rise. I don't know about L.A. Knight. It would be nice to see him get a little boost here without being in a team or something, because he's really, really good. You talk about a mechanic. He's a heck of a mechanic. He's a flashy mechanic. He he can make the other guy look good and still get some good stuff going. And then, uh, looks like Jimmy and Jay are going to split from the, the bloodline. It'll be down to Roman, Solo, and Heyman. So we're kind of seeing it implode. I think once it does fully implode and the blow-off match happens, um, I think you'll see Solo split off as well and probably join his brothers. And uh, Roman will probably be gone for a minute, probably take a break, even though he's had a pretty light schedule over the last few years. But hey, he deserves it. But uh, as that happens, I said I, I could see Cross kind of taking over that major heel role. There's a couple others that could too, but Cross is the one who really stands out. Um, do we go to NXT? Let's go to NXT. NXT. We had Schism, all three members with Ava, otherwise known as the Rock's daughter, versus. Um, Wesley, Tyler Bate, and um, Mustafa Ali. I don't get you have an established trio of wrestlers like Schism, who are actually really, really good in a you know established trio, with Ava, who can you know do things on their behalf on the outside, and yet you let Ali, Wesley, and Bate get the pin. Just didn't get that. Uh, looks like Ilya Dragunov wants a piece of Braun Breaker, and Braun Breaker wants a piece of Seth Rollins. And Seth Rollins says, I'll be your Huckleberry. So, I've not seen this week. So he was supposed to show up this week and potentially take on Braun Breaker and defend his uh, world championship, actually, in NXT, which of that would be outstanding. Um... Thea Hale getting the big win over uh, Cora Jade was uh, she, she got the Kimura win too. It was a it was a tap win. That was a great Kimura. That is a part of Thea's 
game that she was working on with Gulak and um, Regal's son. I just forgot his name. But um, great win for Thea Hale. Uh, I'm not so worried about the about Noam Dar and uh, Frazier winning the cup over Ora Mensa and not over Noam Dar. When Dar and Frazier, Nathan Frazier, face off, that's when that will be big. Um, Axiom and Scripps teamed up and beat Dabakato. What does it mean? No idea. Because the biggest thing that happened out of this was Carrillo and Garza uh, came out, looked like they had a different look about them now and looks like they're not only in NXT but th that they're going to face Axiom and Scripps very very soon um, Blade and Anafe had a pretty good match against each other Blade ends up with the win we'll see what that means going forward it probably means they're going to split that team Roxanne Perez gets the win over Tatum Paxley it was a pretty pretty good match um, Roxanne was was uh, Pulling Paxley through a lot of that match. Roxanne, even at the ripe old age of, I think she's 20, somewhere in there, uh, the veteran that she is, uh, she really controlled that match. It was a good match. And then Dragunov took on Baron Corbin to be the number one contender for the title. And um, even though Braun and Carmelo come out later in the match, Baron Corbin ends up with the win in this one. He will face... Carmelo Hayes very very soon for his championship that should be a lot of fun I like Corbin down there Corbin that that's a good spot for him to not only reestablish himself but it gives people that fresh opponent between him and Dijak those are the big guys that can really do some damage down there um AEW, I, w I would talk about, well, no, there are some AEW things to talk about. Adam Cole versus MJF was a four-and-a-half-star classic, almost a five-star classic. It was a four-and-a-half. Adam Cole is definitely back up to speed with where he was. MJF is proving that he can go with the biggest and baddest out there, but there's also that little bit of doubt that they're still leaving there that somebody is going to knock him off. And this was a time limit draw, something we have not seen in a long while. I think it was the best because neither one could take the loss there. And it just sets up something else down the road. Um, Wardlow and Christian in this in this little debate they're in, this this little program that they're in, it's it's interesting because you got Luchasaurus in there, Arn Anderson's part of it. You you got all these other parts and pieces, but I don't know. Christian and Wardlow is a, is an interesting pairing. So I want to see I want to see where that goes because Wardlow is definitely one of their young stars. And they are promoting him as such. Um, was there much else on here? Um, only because it's going to be interesting. It's going to be something I talk about here in a second. 
Tony Storm got the pin over Sky Blue. Ruby and Willow come out there as well. Um, it was nice to see the Blackpool Combat Club and the Hung Bucks, otherwise known as Hangman and the Young Bucks. The Hung Bucks. That's, <laughs> I like that name. That's pretty funny. Uh, the Hung Bucks actually get the win in that particular one. Kingston was involved. Omega was involved. Uh, Takeshita was involved. Will Osprey was involved. It's because Forbidden Door is this Sunday. And I'm going to talk about Forbidden Door in just a second. As soon as I go through the rest of the AEW stuff you should know about. Uh, we got to see Osprey, Jeff Cobb, and uh, Kyle Fletcher all a part of the... Got the name of their their faction there, but uh, they're all part of a faction from New Japan. They took on uh, Rocky Romero, Chuck Taylor, and Trent Beretta, all part of the Best Friends, among other groups. And uh, Will gets the win over Romero. Uh, a lot of talent in that particular match. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I want to see what they do with Taya Valkyrie. She beat Trisha Dora. Pretty good match, but. Taya looks like she's going to start going heel on us, and that is just going to make her that much harder to beat because you actually want her to be nice. When she's not so nice, she's going to run that division, and that's that's a good thing in my opinion. Uh, Ref Aubrey had her her match, uh, six-person match that had Karen Jarrett in it, and I, I still don't know why that happened, but... Uh, other than that, Takeshita had a good match with Bandito. And we're on the wrong page here. Can we swap back to the... There's a Forbidden Door. There we go. We'll get back to that in a second. Because I want to talk about Collision. It sucks that they had to create a whole new show just so that CM Punk and, and Miro and others would have somewhere to go. But hey, they created a whole new show and it featured tons and tons of really fantastic talented people that weren't getting much of the time of day for various reasons on Dynamite or on Rampage so hey, bring on Collision because we got to see uh, Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGuinness are going to be the commentators they do all kinds of stuff all around the world they do Ring of Honor, they do some New Japan for the American audience, uh, they have both been around a long, long time that does not make them old, that makes them very good at what they do but uh, we got to see CM Punk and FTR take on Samoa Joe, Juice Robinson, and Jay White. Punk got the win over Jay White in that particular thing. But my goodness, we, we got to see Punk versus Joe. They had a series of matches back in Ring of Honor that are still some of the best series of matches ever outside of Colt Cabana versus Adam Pearce across the NWA. Yeah, that Adam Pierce. Go back and look up that just brutal war he had with Colt Cabana. But uh, Punk gets the big win. I like afterwards, it wasn't on TV, it was a video we saw online. That FTR says, yeah, sometimes it's not easy being in the wrestling business and being Punk's friend. But I'm still his friend, and, and it's it's this is great. This is why we're all here. So, uh, it's good to have... Punk and FTR and all those guys, Samoa Joe even, on back wrestling. Uh, other matches we got to see, Luchasaurus through some underhandedness is your new champion as he beats Wardlow. Christian had the belt and 
held it over his head like he wants something so that's that's why the, that wrinkle there is going to be a lot of fun uh buddy matthews took on andrade el idolo this was the best match the entire night and those some good ones but what buddy matthews and andrade do is unlike anyone else in fact buddy matthews used his lady friend's move uh rhea ripley's standing scorpion death lock the the leg lock the standing leg lock she does and andrade did one better he did the figure four on buddy matthews who had already dinged his knee up and turned it into a figure eight aka the move of charlotte flair andrade's wife can't make this stuff up guys it was a great nod to both women in another company and it was a a well done gesture from both now in the end obviously after that was over house of black come up and attacked andrade but if you told me that andrade was going to feud with them or that he was going to join them my goodness i'm pretty excited if he joined them he's already got the mask he's already a little dark and andrade looked good he did a cartwheel handstand backflip off the ring apron on the Buddy Matthews. Buddy Matthews is always superstar anyway, but uh, it was spectacular. Uh, Miro ran over Tony Nese and uh, Smart Mark Sterling. Good to see Miro back on TV. I know a lot of people are excited about that. Some more excited than me, and I'm very excited. Uh, friend of the show out in California there, James is uh, one of the biggest Miro fans I know, and it's hard to argue with that. It was great seeing the Redeemer back on TV. Now I want to see him do bigger and better things. And then, as I said, uh, Sky Blue teamed with Willow Nightingale, took on Tony Storm and Ruby Soho. Sky gets the straight-up pin on Ruby Soho, and uh, that... I didn't see that coming. I thought that was incredible. And uh, Sky Blue, the sky is the limit. Young lady, please make the most of it. So let's go to Forbidden Door. And uh, Forbidden Door is basically AEW and New Japan are going to go at it in the same way that I just told you that Bellator and Ryzen are going to go fight for fight. Well, Forbidden Door, this has been happening for a couple years now. And here are the announced matches as of, what, 30 minutes ago, more than that, an hour ago when we came on this show. Uh, we have Athena versus Billy Starks. If you don't know who Billy Starks is, she is an uh, up-and-coming indie star, indie darling. Does so many great things. Another young, talented Young lady, by the way. Athena, not too shabby herself. This is going to be a women's Owen Hart Cup tournament first round match. We, I'm going to, I'm going to jump around because there are some, some matches that are bigger than others. Uh, Les Suzuki Gods, otherwise known as Sammy Guevara, Chris Jericho, and Minoru Suzuki, are going to take on Sting, Darby Allen, and a random ghost man from your kickball game. It actually just says TBA. So just, you know, insert person here. Blackpool Combat Club, otherwise known as Moxley Yuta and Castanoli, along with uh, Takeshita and Shota Umino, are going to take on the elite of Hangman, 
and the Young Bucks, and then also Tomohiro Ishii and Eddie Kingston as part of a 10-man tag match. That's going to be a war. That's going to be fun. Um, CM Punk is going to take on Satoshi Kojima in a men's Owen Hart Cup tournament first round match. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I think CM Punk was initially going to take on uh, Kenta, who he has always been accused of stealing all of his moveset. I don't think he did so, but I uh, guess we're going to see that somewhere down the road. Instead, Kojima steps in. Punk versus Kojima is going to be very good. Um, Orange Cassidy is going to take on Zack Sabre Jr. and Kasoria Shibata and Daniel Garcia in a four-way match for the International Championship of AEW. Tony Storm is going to defend the AEW Women's World Championship against Willow Nightingale, who is a is currently the women's I think neverweight title holder in New Japan. Adam Cole is going to take on Tom Lawler. That Tom Lawler is really good. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, what else we're we missing here? Oh, how about I'm going to take I'm going to take one. And then I'm going to raise you another. And then I'm going to raise you another. And then I'm going to raise you another. And it's just going to sound like uh, a bunch of people sitting around a campfire trying to book a world territory. How about the reigning, defending, undisputed IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Sonata. We are big Sonata fans here on this show. Is going to take on Jungle Boy Jack Perry with Hook in his corner. And that's for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. I don't think Sonata's going to lose it, but uh, if Jack Perry can go toe-to-toe with Sonata, he's going to be right back in a world title picture with MJF here. By the way, Sonata better than MJF, so let's just put it that way. So, how could we get bigger than Sonata versus Jack Perry? All right, how about this? I'm going to go MJF defending his AEW World Championship against Hiroshi Tanahashi, otherwise known as the Ace of New Japan. He is uh, he is the Shawn Michaels. He is the you need somebody, the ace up your sleeve, it's Hiroshi Tanahashi. Oh, that's not that's not big enough for you? Okay. Brian Danielson is going to take on Kazuchika Okada. That match is going to be unbelievable. And the only one that could possibly top that is we're going to get to see Kenny Omega defend his IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship against Will Ospreay. This is Omega versus Ospreay. I think they faced a half a dozen times. Every time is a five-star classic. Kenny Omega pretty much only has five-star classics. Will Ospreay pretty much only has five-star classics. Literally, they could trip over a box of brooms, and you would think the brooms were the next world champion. Literally, they are that good. But as you can tell, Forbidden Door, this Sunday, 8 p.m., not real sure where you can find it, Uh, just look around, probably pay-per-view, all kinds of places, just uh, use your your favorite search engine and uh, and figure that out, and uh, what does that leave, last... Nope. We'll talk some wild before we get out of here. Some wild and some uh, and some New Japan. 
have we right okay so let's go to the impact wrestling against all odds card from uh, about a week and a half ago uh, Yuya Yumura defeated Sheldon Jean with Kenny King in his corner by a pinfall in a singles match uh, Yuya is a, uh, a good young talent so here's what New Japan does you come through the dojo as a, a young boy I think is what you call it and uh, then when you get about ready to uh, get into the ring you'll do some work over New Japan and then you get sent somewhere or you go somewhere and you try to get in with an impact wrestling with uh, AAA in Mexico with somewhere in Puerto Rico somewhere in Germany you go to another place and you get really seasoned there in a place you're not familiar with and then you usually return to New Japan if you want Jay White did this Jay White uh, come up as a uh, young boy in New Japan got sent to Ring of Honor from Ring of Honor he returned to New Japan become Switchblade and uh, the rest is history out of that so Yuya Yamura uh, good win they really liked him in Impact so I would be interested to see what they end up doing with him there uh, Kylan King with Taylor Wilde defeated Nevaeh I don't want to see Nevaeh good to see her back um, Joe Hendry defeated Dirty Dango for the Impact Digital Media Championship. I don't know what they're going to do with Dirty Dango. He, he kind of went rogue on everybody and kind of went ham on everybody and probably made some enemies. But uh, Joe Hendry still continues to be... These were all pre-shows, by the way. But uh, Joe Hendry continues to make a solid run and, you know, he could build up. I could see him being a major player down the road. Uh, Frankie Kazarian over Eddie Edwards and something that shouldn't surprise many people, those who are going to end up feuding for it's over with. Uh, ABC, otherwise known as uh, Ace Austin and Chris Bay, defeated the good hands, Jason Hotch and John Schuyler with Brian Myers to keep their Impact World Tag Team Championships. I like the Bullet Club. I like the ABC there. They have really found a niche of... Um, of teaming and doing some really, really good things. Um, I like them as the tag champs. I don't, outside of machine guns and, and, you know, probably machine guns, I don't see a team right now that should take the titles off of them. Masha Slamovich beat Killer Kelly in a very brutal dog collar match. Um, just wow. The, wow. Those those ladies really went for it, and uh, it was it was something else. It was it was a good thing, but it was something else for sure. Uh, Chris Saban defeated Trey Miguel to be the like nine-time Impact X Division champion. He may have been way more than that, but. Um, but uh, this was a really good match I, they needed somebody to take it off Trey Miguel and Chris Saban was about the only person left so uh, ended up being a really good Motor City Machine Gun night we will get to that in a minute so we go for the 8-4-1 match it starts with 8 people a 4 on 4 uh, the winning team immediately goes into a uh, 
four-way match, and and the winner of the four-way ends up in the uh, uh, the number one contender. Interesting. Impact always does weird crap, and this 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 one actually kind of made a little bit of sense. It was a good way to take eight people and get down to one and have enough entertainment to do it. Um, in the first phase, uh, Bully Ray, Heath, Jonathan Gresham, and Nick Aldis defeated Mike Bailey, Moose, PCO, and Rich Swan by pinfall. Okay. So in the four-way match, Nick Aldis ends up defeating Bully Ray, Heath, and Jonathan Gresham by submission. That makes him the number one contender. I said, of all the goofy, gimmicky matches they've done over the years, and hey, WCW did some too. Everybody seems to do some kind of weird, funky ones. In the end, this was pretty good. Pretty good. I like it. Nick Aldis as the number one contender. I like it. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo and Trinity defeated Giselle Shaw and Savannah Evans in a tag team match. Uh, now we're going to get Perrazzo versus Trinity, right? That's what we've been working towards. These two know each other from NXT back in the day when they were both considered busted projects, busted prospects even. Even though Trinity got stuck in a tag team and moved up and eventually made her own way, Perrazzo left and become a star in Impact Wrestling. So they know each other. It's going to be good to see them face each other. Um, Ohio versus everything, otherwise known as Sammy Callahan, Jake Crist, and the returning madman Fulton won a Ohio street fight against the design, Diener, Angels, and Khan. Looks like Angels are starting to get a little upset with Diener. Looks like Khan's having to get in the middle of it. Uh, the design has kind of lost its luster in the last couple months. Be I, I really am interested to see what they do with that. If you blow it up or if you add a member, if you trade a member out, I don't know, if you do something. It's just some kind of shakeup's got to happen. And then Alex Shelley defeats Steve Macklin by pinfall to become the new Impact World Champion. Everybody always said Alex Shelley could never win the big one. He just won the big one. Congratulations to Alex Shelley. So both Motor City Machine Guns end up going home with titles, and what a, uh, a really, really good show they had. Really, really good show. Against all odds, definitely one of their more solid shows of this year. So, real quickly, let's talk uh, some WOW women of wrestling for the WOW superstars. Um, they had Holiday and Siren the Voodoo Doll, who took on the Tonga Twins. We all knew the Tonga Twins were going to win, but Holiday and Siren are really good mechanics. They, they work well with a lot of people. They're seasoned veterans. The Tonga Twins win. They're clearly going to take on a team called Miami Sweet Heat. That are part of a, they're part of a bigger faction, but this is all for the tag team titles kind of catch you guys up for people who don't watch. Uh, Candy Crush gets a big win over Gigi Gianni. Uh, Candy Crush is definitely one of the uh, more marketable stars, more popular stars in WoW. And uh, she kind of has a, a boxer background. So uh, you can kind of imagine what she's going with there. Um, Sofia Lopez come out with somebody named Tormenta, who has a masked superstar who has been in WoW before. And she took on Princess Aussie. Princess Aussie ends up with the win in this one. Aussie is another one that they could propel her up to world title status. 
and I think she's very marketable. Uh, Samantha Stark, smart, came out with G.I. Jane and the Disciplinarian as they took on Holly Swag and Big Rig Betty. To catch you guys up, a couple weeks ago, Holly Swag and Big Rig Betty kind of embarrassed Samantha Smart. Samantha Smart um, decided to get their big rig truck that they drive to events towed. It eventually ended up with uh, Holly and Betty in jail for uh, roughing up some people who had it. Catching you guys up on like three or four weeks worth of stuff. But uh, in the end, Betty and Holly Swag get uh, the win there. More importantly, I always tell you guys the ones that uh, I think could uh, really build up into something. Like Betty's solid, but Holly Swag is a uh, big time performer. Has big time performer written on her, and uh, all the girls, all the all the ladies of of Wow do such an incredible job. Uh, if you get a chance, watch WOW each week. It is uh, Jeannie Buss is one of the main uh, controlling shareholders, I believe. She might even own the whole thing. Um, but uh, AJ Mendez, otherwise known as Mrs. CM Punk, does some commentary. She also executive produces. I think she does a lot of writing for them as well. You can tell there's a lot of really solid writing in there. And uh, WOW does a good job. It's not... It's not, you know, glorified fitness trainers in skimpy outfits. No, these, these women can, can legit wrestle. So check them out if you get a chance. Uh, and then lastly, New Japan. Will Osprey took on Lance Archer in a, uh, I think it was a tournament qualifier match. Osprey ends up with the win, but Archer took him to hell and back to get there. Archer is a great performer. I kind of would like to see him on collision with the rest of them. But uh, he just, he often gets forgotten. He's like the big guy that always loses to people, and he's so much better than that. Uh, Umino, Claudio, and Mox took on Okada, Tanahashi, and Ishii. Okada ends up getting the win on Umino, and Claudio and Mox, this is when they made the announcements. This, this was taped a couple weeks ago, because uh, this person made the announcement on AEW earlier this week. But uh, they said, oh, we trained with the best, and now you're going to face the best. And that's when Brian Danielson gets on screen and says, Okada, everybody says you're the best. Everybody says I'm the best. Let's find out. So that's why we're going to get Danielson and Okada at Forbidden Door. And what an outstanding, outstanding card that's going to be. But... I've rambled on for almost an hour and a half. I appreciate anybody that made it this far in the contest. I will even go this far. If you are at the PFL 6 tomorrow night at the OTE Arena right there at Atlantic Station, find me. I will be walking around. I promise you there's not many people in a vest and a tie outside of Dan Hardy that will be walking around the place. If you find me, mention this episode mention the show, mention Strong Style to me. I'll buy you something. It might be a burger, it might be a shirt, um, anything but an adult beverage. Just, I get out of the habit of doing that. But uh, other than that, man, you guys want a soda, you guys, like I said, maybe a hat, a shirt, something, let me know. 
if you see me at the PFL 6 tomorrow night, say all you have to do is just come up and say, hey, strong style. And I got you. I get you something. I get you something when I'm there, I promise you. Just find me. We'll take we'll take we'll even take a shot. We'll put it up on social media. We'll show everybody that I stand behind things I say. So you guys let me know. But other than that, that is everything that we have for Strong Style. The debut, the new season of Strong Style has started. We must appreciate you guys as always. But I am Jeremy the Impact York. We will see you guys next week. Go watch wrestling. Go watch fighting. Deuces, deuces. <laughs>